Welcome to The Cultured Podcast, a weekly conversation hosted by me, Michelle Corey, that breaks down the barriers surrounding art, theater, travel, and more to serve a digestible dose of culture for all. Hola, mi gente linda. It is Michelle Corey, and we are here for another fascinating episode of the Cultured Podcast. Now, we've got another really special travel episode because my best friend, Masha, and I took our annual trip abroad, and this year, 2017, we went to Bogota, Colombia, and it was a very special experience for a couple reasons. First of all, as you all probably know by now, I am half Colombian, half Argentinian, but I was raised in a very Colombian household, and going to Bogota specifically every few months since I was born, basically. So I am very in love with Colombia as a country. I identify with it as sort of my mothership, if you will. Masha has never been to South America, let alone seen this side of me immersed in my culture. So that was really special. But another really special thing about this trip was that I haven't been back in 10 years. That is unheard of. My whole family was super embarrassed. (laughs) which is very ashamed of me. So it was a much longer overdue trip. It was kind of an existential journey for me because I expected to really know the city. And, you know, when you visit with your family, they take you to and fro and they take you directly to this place, directly to that place, or you're eating and drinking at the house and having family parties. But going as a tourist and having to navigate this very, very intense, crazy city was a trip. And it kind of knocked me off my game for the first like full day in Bogota. I'm going to be honest, it was like a little jarring. I'm a person who's like not typically in a bad mood, but I was in such a crabby mood day one, full day one in Bogota, that even Masha turned around at one point. She was like, Michelle, I totally get it. You're having an existential crisis. It's okay. And I was like, you're absolutely right. I was like, Those are the exact words to put around this feeling. (laughs) Anyway, we got over that existential crisis moment and Masha was having fun the whole time because she's never been to the city. And um, we ended up having a blast and recording a very special segment together at the top of Monserrate, which is uh, just about 2000 feet above Bogota. It was a really fun experience. Thank you guys for listening in and for sharing this experience with me. My culture is so important to me, and I had so much fun being able to share it with Masha, and now I'm excited to share it with y'all. So here we go. Masha Murakovsky and Michelle Corey on the top of a mountain in Bogota. Three, two, one. We are out here in Bogota, Colombia. I am 2,000 feet above the city in this spectacular place called Monserrate. And I am here with my very best friend, who you guys have heard about in episode one. We went to Iceland last year, and now we're here in Colombia. Masha Murakovsky! Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No I'm like really excited and anxious. <laughs> this is Masha's first podcast, right? Ever. Ever. Yeah. 
And I'm so happy to pop that podcast cherry. So welcome Thank aboard. You. This has been a really interesting experience. We got to Bogota, what was it, three days ago? Four. Four days ago. Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We got here on a Saturday. It's been a really interesting experience, as Masha has seen for herself, of rediscovering this city that I had childhood memories in. And we thought, what better way to talk about Bogota and what we've felt so far in this city than to sit here at the top of what has been the most peaceful experience so far in this very crazy bustling city <laughs> and talk about some of the things that we recommend for other people coming to the city, both from a perspective of someone who knows the city and is like getting to know the city in a weird way. <laughs> and then from someone who it's your first time in South America, right? First time in this continent. Yeah. In this continent. Holy moly. Um, so what has been your experience so far? Like what was your first impression of Bogota when you got here? Well, I think the first thing that really kind of threw me off was just the traffic and the fumes. You know, it, it hits you kind of in a way that kind of wakes you up, maybe better than a cup of coffee. You are not in Europe. Mm -hmm. You're not in America. You're in South America. And this kind of comes with the package. Mm -hmm. You know, the the really loud buses, the cabs that I don't even know how they're going in and out of lanes that like <laughs> running over like five people. Uh, so there's just a lot to take in at once. So that it's just, you get right into it. There's 10 million people living in Bogota right now, which is just like mind blowing, but it feels like it. Like we were just saying that this is kind of like a, a wild place where people just kind of like throw themselves in front of cars to like walk across the street. And there's really no rules when it comes to driving. I mean, there, there are, but there's like an homage to the law. Yeah. <laughs> Once we finally arrived at your cousin's place, it was like <gasps> sanctuary. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of been the theme of the trip, hasn't yeah. it? It's like we've gone out to explore on our own, which has been overwhelming to say the least. Yeah. And even from the perspective of some, I mean, when I used to come here, I used to come to visit family and they would take us here and there and most of the time it would be just chilling with family on a farm or in the summer house in Villeta which is about an hour and a half from Bogota and so to rediscover the city and throw ourselves into the thick of it we've usually gotten home and been like holy moly <laughs> <laughs> time to decompress to say the least <laughs> to say the least so some of the things we've done so far have been the Botero Museum oh beautiful beautiful and it's a part of a complex of museums that are all free and so you you can go to the Botero Museum, you can go to the National Museum of Art, you can go to the Money Museum, and there's a couple other in, other museums in that complex that you can visit all for free. And it's it's a pretty modern complex. I mean, you had yeah. said you were surprised at the architecture. Yeah, I was surprised at sort of like that modern, clean simplicity, um, simply because the area itself, it's historic, it's um, La Candelaria. <laughs> La Candelaria, almost. <laughs> almost there, guys, almost there. It's still full gringa. <laughs> Um, so the area itself is very old, very yeah. historic, cobblestones. Mm. Um, I mean, the buildings probably date back to like the 15, 16, 1700s. Mm. So you're just kind of experiencing old. Yeah, it's colonial. Um, old Bogota. And then you go into this museum and it's like modern, yet there's a courtyard. It's very typical structure also because it allows air circulation and a taste of nature, but you're still protected by the walls of your compound or house. Um, so the Botero Museum specifically had that courtyard. It was really pretty. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Nice to sit there and like take in the greenery because that's one thing about Bogota. There's not a lot of greenery. Right. You really have to travel for it. Yeah. And that's like that concept of sanctuary. Mm -hmm. We're actually sitting right now in like a little hidden area of 
what's the best known sanctuary of Bogota, which as I mentioned is Monserrate. And that derives from a Catalan word for mountain, which is Montserrat. So this is a mountain right next to Bogota. It's actually in the heart of Bogota. And so when you go up the 1700 feet... In a cable car. In a cable car. It's a little scary. <laughs> Like, at one point, I thought we were going to hit the mountain. I knew we wouldn't, but, you know. Seriously, there was, like, gates, and I was like, is someone going to open the gates? And we rise above them. <laughs> yeah, there's a cable car, and you can actually choose three different options. You can choose the cable car, which is very steep and really beautiful, and you start seeing this incredible view over the city. You can choose what's called a funicular. Funicular is the, like, a little train goes up the mountain, or perhaps your favorite option, audience member, is walking up. Actually, it's a time-old pilgrimage. It actually is because once you get to the top of Monserrate is when you'll find this church built in the 17th century. Wow. It's a stunning and it's also the whole grounds are dedicated to Jesus Christ and there's the 12 stations of the cross that you can walk up with these stunning sculptures of Jesus carrying his cross, you know, being sentenced, carrying his cross, falling, like the whole thing. If you're Catholic, you totally get it. <laughs> and then you can experience the church, which is really peaceful and the grounds themselves are considered really sacred. Definitely recommend coming to Monserrate without a doubt. It's 19,000 pesos to ride round trip on the cable car and that equals about five to six dollars. Right. So very affordable. That's one thing about Bogota. The food is incredibly affordable. Oh, the food. Can we talk about the food? Yes, let's do it. Okay. So a little background on myself. Growing up in Miami, living currently in New York City, I'm exposed to tons of different cultures, tons of different food, try to go for some interesting things and try different cultures and be open-minded. So going to Colombia, I was ecstatic that I could try all my favorite goodies that I can once in a while find in Queens or Miami when I'm at Michelle's house. <laughs> uh, so I told her, I'm like, look, there's three things I gotta have when I'm here. Arepas, chocolate con queso. Muy bien. <laughs> y ajico. Ajiaco. Ajiaco, which is a soup. Mm -hmm. Safe to say, I've done all those things. Oh, yeah. And more. <laughs> but the food so far has been so bountiful. Yes. It's been fresh. So fresh. I mean, guys, the eggs, the... The chicken. the chicken. Oh my God. The chicken here. You can't even. The chorizo. Oh, the guys, chorizo. I need lunch. I know. <laughs> We're going to have to go. In fact, here in Monserrate, there's this like whole row of stalls that are fresh made food right in front of you from these little vendors. And it's all very typical Colombian food. Uh, tiendas is what they're called. And they overlook the mountains and Bogota. So right. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. You're basically paying what, like three to five dollars for a full meal while looking at like million dollar views. Oh, seriously. It's unbelievable. Um, so, okay, so did ajiaco live up to your, your expectations? Yeah, so uh, we had um, homemade ajiaco, mm -hmm. which is probably the, the best way to get into it. <laughs> After like a long day, and you know, the temperature here isn't cold or uncomfortable, but you know, it drizzles, it'll sometimes, you know, kind of rain with nonstop, and you're really, you're just tired and a little, little frazzled <laughs> when you get home. So you want that nice comfort soup, and it was like, perfect we mm. slice up some fresh avocado oh yeah yeah we're staying with my cousin and he lives in this amazing neighborhood called el chapinero and um his maid cooked us ajiaco from scratch mm -hmm. which is this really hearty soup that has tons of potato in it tons of vegetables and it's, it warms your soul from the inside out it's served with fresh aguacate avocado like masha said it's colombian chicken soup 
I mean, it's 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 like the that quintessential chicken soup where so many cultures have their own spin on it. And yeah. I, this is Colombians. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's way heartier than what we find in the U.S., which oh, is yeah. just like noodles, broth, chicken, yep. which, listen, is delicious, hey, too. I'm going to hate on that. <laughs> no way. But this ayaco was so good. And, oh, we have to talk about your newfound love for guanauna. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I really can't say that word that embarrassing myself probably more than I've already have trying to speak Spanish right now <laughs> no you're doing good but <laughs> i will say we've walked through guanawana a few times and it's just i not don't sticking. you know what it is it's the b that kind of sounds silent when you say it even though when you pronounce each letter you say the b so it really throws me <laughs> i you know just one of those things where i'm just gonna say <laughs> you're just gonna have to know what it is guanawana is a tropical fruit it's found in many different tropical places but it's also abundant in uh, bogota which is not a tropical city whatsoever it's a savanna so there's mountains uh, to a few sides of it and then it's a plain. It is definitely colder climate but Guanawana is extremely abundant here and it's huge and it's delicious. It's like a, It almost looks like a prickly pear on the outside but the size of like a large papaya or a pineapple. Even more. It's like a pineapple on steroids that's a prickly pear. Yeah. Okay so once you slice it open right down the middle you open it and it is very very soft and fleshy but it has seeds like enveloped in pockets of the flesh the 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 texture is like a mango meets a pineapple yeah and so we went to the supermarket with my cousin when we first got here and went buck wild with the fruits we got like guanana we got this amazing fruit called lulo which we'll definitely get into lulo uh, <laughs> lulo what's up represent she's very obsessed with lulo right now which i don't blame her we got a granadilla which the nickname of the fruit is Mocos de Carbonero, which literally <laughs> translates to coal miners boogers because of the seeds and how and how slimy it is. Right. And it's delicious. Kind of um, like passion fruit. Yeah. And then we got, what was that other one called? It looked like a yellow dragon fruit. Yeah. And then inside it's like a white kiwi. Yeah. It looks, yeah, it has those small, uh, almost like poppy seed size seeds. <laughs> Yeah, it's You'll put sweet. In your show notes. <laughs> yeah. I'll put all these fruits in my show notes <laughs> with a little picture so you guys can salivate. And really, you can't get these fruits in the U.S. unless you go to like a Latin market or an international market. Like in Atlanta, we have this awesome, these two awesome markets. One's called DeKalb Farmers Market, and the other one's called the Buford Highway Farmers Market. And they have fruits and vegetables from around the world. But in like a typical supermarket, you might find in a frozen food section, you might find Goya frozen pulp from like guanawana or lulo or maracuya and you can make delicious smoothies which brings us to our all-time most brilliant idea ever guys we invented a cocktail should we even talk about it here oh maybe it's a secret (laughs) all right fine just with the listeners you guys can't tell anyone though this is like a pact okay we hand de-seeded the guanauna. You don't fresh need to give guanauna. me credit. You did it. Okay, fine. I did it. Yeah. Well, we should mention why. Before I say that, <laughs> the taste and smell of the fruit are really delicious. I mean, we almost compared it to Sour Patch Kids where it's like mm. sour and then it's a little sweet, but the balance is really kind of what attracts you to this fruit. And in English, it's called Sour Sop. Yeah, which is a terrible name. Terrible name, but it is sour and soppy. Right. Which is so, yeah, they're not lying. It just doesn't sound very appetizing. And so this part will probably sound less appetizing is that after you eat it, which we ate it with our hands because we were just savages. Heathens. Your hands just kind of smell like vomit. They do. It's so weird. It's weird because it's not a stinky fruit. It's not like one of those like things you see like on, you know, Andrew Zimmern's shows. 
It tastes great. It really smells like you put your fingers in like very, very disgusting places. Yeah. So <laughs> Michelle, Michelle sacrificed her hands. Yeah. Cause like my whole thing is I'll just wash them after. Right. Yeah. And I did, you know, the smell lingered. magic. Well, maybe to you, <laughs> maybe I blocked it out. <laughs> so yeah, I de-seeded it by hand, which is actually kind of funny cause it's like mushy. Yeah. <laughs> and then we found coconut rum in my cousin's apartment Bacardi. and helped ourselves to it. Then we put just ice in it and we blended it until we broke his blender <laughs> just like short circuited it or something <laughs> smelled burnt <laughs> anyway it was delicious and and then it's like this slushy drink from heaven it's almost like a tropical colombian pina colada it's amazing so hook yourselves up with some of that you can find some of that frozen goya guanabana so so we talk a little bit about the fruits now. But also I think in general, like from an outsider coming to this country for the first time, it's so interesting how on every menu there are fresh juices. Yes. Which you pointed out to me this morning when we were having breakfast was that typically in the States, if you have a juice on the menu, it's coming in from, you know, your packaged pasteurized um, containers. Here, they're legitimately breaking up the fruits, peeling them apart and putting them into a blender pretty much right in front of you mm-hmm. at very little cost it's like three thousand pesos which is a dollar yeah and you're getting like a 16 ounce beverage of just goodness Mm -hmm. like lulo (laughs) like lulo that is masha's favorite by far it's delicious it's like a little sour they Mm. add sugar and it sweetens it up it's delicious and everywhere you go you can have and they ask you con agua or con leche and that means with water or with milk and so if you ask con agua, you're getting a juice. And if you ask con leche, you're basically getting what's called a batido or a milkshake, which is definitely different. <laughs> it's just the fruit and the milk all spun together. And it is delicious. My favorite batido is guanabana. And so I think tonight we're going to have to have one because it's like dessert, yeah. but it's fresh, fresh guanabana. Oh my gosh, speaking of dessert. Uh-huh. Oh, we have to talk about Sipakira too. Guys, there's so much to talk there's about. There's too much. <laughs> there's too much. <laughs> Short circuiting. <laughs> so we've talked a little bit about Monserrate. We've talked a little bit about uh, Bogota. We have to dive into yeah. some museums and experiences there. We talked about the Museo de Botero, the Botero Museum. And by the way, we didn't even talk about who Botero is. Botero is the most famous Colombian artist. He paints these spectacular, very contemporary scenes. He focuses a lot on the human figure and also on still lifes. And his signature is to create very round figures. Monumental. Monumental. Yes, that's a word they love to use at the Botero <laughs> Museum, which by the way, they have audio guides, which we highly recommend. Super easy, super cheap. And the museum itself is free, so it all balances out. Mm-hmm. He's a very playful artist. Lots of color. Right. Um, very digestible. Very digestible. Yeah. So even if you're not a huge art fan, it's fun. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's in a complex of museums. So you can get a little bit of a taste of art. You can get like a photography exhibition. You can go to a historical exhibition. You know, you can get a taste of culture in its many forms from just this one complex. Now let's talk a little bit about our road trip with my family to Sipakira. My cousin, my other cousin, I have many, I have 30 <laughs> cousins. Yeah, it's hard to keep track. <laughs> yeah. My cousin, my other cousin lives 40 minutes outside of the city 
city in the country. It's in a city called Tenjo. We went to Tenjo that night because we were going to this restaurant that's really famous in Colombia. It's in a city called Chia. It's been around for like 25 years, I think they said. I totally want to go back. <laughs> Just like go dancing. <laughs> yeah, we should. So it's called Andres Carne de Res and it's amazing. It's so multi-sensory. There's music playing everywhere. It's a large compound. It fits 4,000 people on site. Massive. There's always something to look at. <laughs> There's always something to oh, eat. Yeah. There's always something to drink. There's always someone to smile at. It's just like, it's amazing. And so what we did was we went to Tenho the night that we got into town so that we could all go to Chia together. So that was two of my cousins and us two. And we, I don't know how we survived because we were so tired. Yeah. I think at that point we were both, I think running four to five hours of sleep. Yeah. And then by the time that we even got to the restaurant, we had already been up for over 12 hours. <laughs> it was a long day. That night we went to Andres Carne de Res. I don't even want to tell you much about it. It's an experience. It's an experience. You just yeah. have to, you have to go. Yeah. Because I think when you were ex when you were explaining the place, there was only so much that you could really explain because you really need to be there, mm -hmm. not just to see it. Because yeah, the trashkeys are cool and you have like a lot of like stuff. Yeah, but it's more the vibe, right? Because, you know, you're having dinner and then you can just put your piece of like amazingly grilled steak down and like go dancing, right? And then come back to your table. Yeah. There are some places similar to that, I would say, in in the states. But the music and the the, the dancing and everything is just much more more sensual. And And, mm -hmm. you know, meat and all of it combined is just... <laughs> yeah, there was... If you're not getting this, it's a steak place and there was a lot of meat involved. <laughs> a huge plate full of like four different kinds of meat and chicken. And there's this amazing thing where if you buy insurance here, it comes with a designated driver. So you call and schedule a time for them to come pick you up in your car. They send two people on a motorcycle. So one of them ends up driving your car home. And so we were able to drink as much as we wanted and get home super safely, which was awesome. And then the next day, as a family, we took a road trip. We all went, the five of us, to Sipakira, which is about an hour or so from Tenho. And that is where there is a salt cathedral. This is a really interesting tourism destination. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was interesting because it felt like the whole town probably was like built around this mine mm -hmm. almost because really like the first thing that you, that you do and see is, is this mine. Right. It's an entire cathedral built into the salt mine. So all the walls, the ceilings, everything is salt, rock salt. And people, a lot of people lick the walls. What did it say? Like 40,000 people? Mm -hmm. There's 40,000 international tourists that visit it per month and 10,000 Colombian tourists. And uh, so, yeah, if you want to make out with like tens of thousands of people, lick the walls of the salt mine. But it's a really cool attraction. And yeah. driving to that attraction, we passed this cafeteria that caught your eye. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was meat on stick in a pit grilled to perfection. Yes. And so, fish. And fish. But the meat. Yeah. The meat. The meat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was like an open air cafeteria with a roof on top, which is pretty typical as well. So after Sipakira, we all went to this restaurant and we had another... Another platter. <laughs> another pile of meat. <laughs> and this time the meat uh, included everything from veal to this thing called capybara in English. It was delicious. It was amazing. And while we were there, we had merengon 
From the place next door. From the place next door. So this is what's awesome about Colombia and a lot of South American cities in general, but especially Colombia, is that if you want something that they can't provide you, they will go out of their way to find it for you. So there were all these little spots to buy desserts and coffee and food right next door to that restaurant. And when we asked them what desserts they had, the, the waiter was like, hold on, runs across the street, gets this list, writes down a list of all the different de- desserts we can have. On a napkin. Runs on a napkin, <laughs> runs back and hands me this like chicken scratch napkin. He's like, if you can decipher this, here you go. And uh, one of the things on the list was meringon, which ended up being the thing that I still dream about to this day. You have to describe it. It's the best meringon I've ever had. And here's what it is. It is meringue topped with fresh cream. It's a creamier whipped cream. I would say it was like almost like a marriage between whipped cream and creme fraiche. Creme fraiche, exactly. And then it was mixed with kiwi and strawberries. Frescas? Fresas. Fresas. Yes. <laughs> Mango. Um, there was guanabana. Obviously. Uh, yep. Guanabana, of <laughs> that course. That was actually the first time I had it. In oh, that that's moment. right. Yeah. I'll never forget. Oh, God. And it was so good. <laughs> it was so good that my little cousin, Sada, who's eight years old, was like hogging it and her mom my cousin Bibi's had to be like uh Sana you have to like let other people eat this because we were all like eh, we want meringon she like <laughs> ravaged it she did <laughs> it was amazing so yeah that was really really fun I definitely recommend the Catedral de Sal is what it's called in Spanish it's the Salt Cathedral at Zipaquira what do you think do you recommend it yeah it was really cool I, I think it might be a little bit hard to get to obviously without like renting a car yeah so it does take some planning we were just fortunate that we didn't really have to plan anything for sure yeah and i think they do day trips like Mm -hmm. tours so if you can find a reasonable a reasonably priced tour some of them even include lunch and other accoutrements so if you can find that definitely hit up sipakira um i know there's another salt mine that's literally just a salt mine not a cathedral or anything and you can see like stalactites and stalagmites and it's called nemocon so that's another option for you if you prefer the au natural cave vibe. Y'all, how amazing of a guest is Masha? I mean, come on, killing the game. That was her first podcast appearance, and she was so eloquent and so insightful and also just adorable. How cute is she? After we went to Monserrate just to kind of seal the deal, we actually went back to Tenho, and we had the most amazing time there. We relaxed. We uh, actually went to this little town near Tenho called Tabio, and oh my God, you guys, this place is darling. It is so darling. Davio has the little square, just like a lot of little villages in Colombia. And it has all of these little, they're called artesanías, which is of course like artisan goods shops. And this like very out of place hipster coffee shop that we totally went to town on. We had this like mochaccino and they put some of the Colombian hot chocolate into the cappuccino. And we just chilled there drinking our mochaccino. And then I bought like the cutest little things. Masha bought these leather sandals that are like hand painted and made. I bought this like very cool modern take on the Colombian rana. So Tabio, I definitely recommend if you want to take a trip outside of the city. We had the pleasure of having massages because my cousin Bibis gets um, a masseuse to come to her house every two weeks. So we were there just at the right time. We got these really deep tissue massages, very painful, but very effective. And then we got mani-pedis in Tenho 
and the town. It was so fun. I got to spend tons of time with my little cousin Sada. This whole trip was just a spectacular experience of spending time with some of my favorite people in this universe and being surrounded by love and good food and great music and dancing and just all of the things that make me happy. So... Anyway, we're going to post some pictures from our trip in the show notes. And of course, you can find the show notes at culturedpodcast.com and it'll be on the landing page. But if you're listening to this episode after the week has elapsed where it was new, you can always find it going to the episodes tab and finding it there. And we put a lot of yummy links that you can click on. So if we're talking about Monserrate, you'll find links there that you can explore. Thank you so much for taking this trip with us. We tried to cover as much as we could at least the things that were top of mind for us in the moment. Thank you for listening week after week. Love you so much. And as always, keep it classy. Keep it curious. Keep it cultured. I'm Michelle Corey. Sean Powers is our producer. David Markowitz is our executive producer. The Cultured Podcast is a production of Zero Mile Media, made with love in Atlanta. You can listen to Cultured on culturedpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and anywhere podcasts are found. If you love what you're hearing, don't forget to rate and review The Cultured Podcast on Apple Podcasts.